everybody out there listening, a very warm White Cat welcome as you're tuned in to the White Cat Outdoors podcast. Welcome everybody to episode six of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. We got a pretty special show tonight. Uh, we're all down here at the Harrisburg show. So I'll introduce everyone here we got with us. We have two guests, uh, but first you got me, White, and straight across from me you got Nick. Hey, what's going on everybody? Over here to my right we got my father, the man, Frank Myers. Good evening everybody. And over to my left we got the other man, Brad Barron. Hey, good evening everybody. Yeah, thanks for coming guys. We really appreciate having you. So like I said, we're down here at the Harrisburg show. So hopefully you guys, there's some of you out there listening or you know walking around the show, come over and Break up the monotony during the week for those two. Uh, I'm hanging out in the booth with them tomorrow, and I was there all day today. But if you're wandering around during the week, make sure you come hang out with them and give them somebody to talk to. Where are you going to be able to find them at, White? Uh, It's in the Outfitters Hall in booth 6022. That's Alaska Elite Outfitters. Yeah. So, yeah, that's basically what we're going to be going over tonight. We're going to be talking a little bit about Harrisburg and mostly about how Brad and Dad got into guiding and what exactly they do up in Alaska. All right. So, first of all, like I said, we got Frank, my Uncle Frank, and Brad Barron. Both of you guys, are, how long have you guys been uh, guiding? Oh, we've been doing this for 20 years or better now. Yeah, it's uh, all of 20. I, was, I, what, I think your first year was like 99 or something. I, I, I was a little kid when you first started. Yeah, I believe it was 1999 was the first year that, that I got up. And Brad, you followed, what, a year or two later? I was a, yeah, it was the second. Well, the, the following year, I went in for my to start my thing. So I actually, two years later, I got my guide license. <laughs> but I, I went that uh, following year with Polly. Yep. On yep. that bear hunt, we did that fall. Well, I came in with Smokey. Mm-hmm. Yep. I did the fall hunt with Smokey. Then I had to get my sixty days. So the, or oh, yeah, so, days. so that you. fall or that spring, I jumped in. Paulie and I did that bear hunt on the coast. That on the oh so, that, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, when you oh, found the walrus tusk yeah, and the, the walrus. mammoth tusk and yeah. all that kind oh, of beach yeah, we, and stuff. We had a hell of a hunt there. You nope, know, the, I remember the, that. You got a lot of cool shit that day. Yeah, the Where? dead the dead walrus. Uh, well, it wasn't dead yet, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, we. <laughs> You're not supposed to tell him that, Brad. Well, I, we had nothing to do with it. That's what they he, all say. He was, <laughs> the cop even told us it was out there, and it was like, yeah, there's a walrus out there. It got washed up in a storm. It was, um, you know, and it was a big old bull walrus. Had some nice tusks on it and everything. And everyone, the whole village, all the. Anyone with a super cubs flying the damn coastline to watch <laughs> the water die. So it looked like <laughs> yeah. we probably first weekend of spring break, most likely out on yeah. the beach. Yeah, <laughs> hell, yeah, hell of a beach scene. And the uh, the dude that ended up going out there, and it was just before we went out to hunt. But Justin was a big trooper. He okay. was a, 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 in charge there, and he's like, "Yeah, there's a nice bear hanging out out there," and they. Uh, this dude went out, and apparently there was people watching that walrus. And they saw it. They knew it was alive. The, somebody landed, and they obviously killed the walrus and cut the, the mask off of it, which is the tusk, and took it. Well, now the walrus is dead. We're It's good for us to get on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you can go hunt bears over top of it. Yeah, and it, and it, was a, it was a tasty meal on the beach, and mm-hmm. they... Uh, 
we got there and we were watching it and anyway that's it it was nuts you know that was somewhere but you found a petrified tusk from a yeah. risk while you're up there beach combing too didn't you yes we were hunting up there and this before i had my license you know i'm still trying to qualify and paulie and i walked that you know a beach combing and we we got i bet we got about two or three hundred of them glass corks you know the chinese oh, the old, corks from yep, the yep. fish nets paulie found the big ones mm-hmm. he found a couple big ones i got most of all the little <laughs> normal ones um uh, we're kicking along the beach and by jiggly i'm like i'm looking i i kick this thing i look down and paulie and i are together and i look down like holy cow you know what that is we're both looking at it going like that's a freaking mammoth tusk <laughs> that thing's a, about, the piece you found was about three feet long wasn't yeah it? it wasn't that long it's a it's a it's, yeah, it's a pretty good size it's 20 chunk. inches or so yeah. you know it's a but it's big around you know it's a nice chunk Mm-hmm. we're standing there we pick that damn thing up and i'm looking like 10 feet out in front of me on the beach is here's laying a petrified tusk that's a big tusk and this is a big old walrus tusk mm-hmm. and i'm like holy smokes you know how does that happen <laughs> <laughs> better to be lucky than good yeah exactly <laughs> exactly it was uh but this is early in the career getting started started with it you know and i guess you know how yeah what better way to get you hooked on it question being you know how long you've been doing it or whatever but and whitey your dad and i uh the only thing we can say is we owe what we do to paul malone Mm -hmm. he was he if it wasn't for him going on a brown bear hunt i was just gonna ask like how did you guys you know get up there for the first time well, that, that Paul Malone, who Brad just mentioned, he he went up on a brown bear hunt, and there's a whole story behind that that got him up there. But divorce, <laughs> yeah, it yeah, involved the divorce. <laughs> hey, Paulie, save your money. <laughs> no, I'm sure I'll never go on a bear hunt if I don't buy it now. <laughs> okay, so, so Paulie goes up on a spring brown bear hunt with a guy named Smokey Don Duncan of Alaska Private Guide Services. Well. Like I said, spring brown bear hunt. He came back, I think, in October <laughs> that year. Yep. And, you uh, said spring? Yes, he went on a spring brown bear hunt, came back in October. So for the about se- three the days. seasons are different in Alaska then? <laughs> well, they were for them. So, so obviously, you know, long story short, Polly and Smokey hit it off pretty good. Polly ended up staying up there quite a bit and turned into a career for him. But in the process of that, Brad and I get to meet this Don Duncan who ran the guide service and how, uh, you know, one thing leads to another, we end up up there. You know, myself, the first year I got to go up there, one of the neighbors had booked a hunt with some friends. And uh, <clears throat> last minute, literally, they were supposed to go on a hunt 5th of August for moose and brown bear, big combo hunt. And in the middle of August, their outfitter calls them and says, hey, uh, I'm not taking any more hunters. You guys are done. I'll send you back your checks. You know, you're on your own. Well, they'd already had time off of work. They bought airline t- tickets. They bought licensing and tags. They had a lot of money invested. Yeah, it's and not now just they're told they can't now, go. Yeah, in August, you know, three weeks, four weeks from going on this hunt, the outfitter backs out on them. And I happened to bump into one of the guys, like I said, he was a neighbor of my parents, and uh, kind of told me about it. I said, well, heck, you know, we kind of know a guy up there that those dates line up on. If you want, I'll put you in touch with them. So we made a phone call and got a hold of Smokey. 
and got them in touch with these three out three guys that wanted to go moose and brown bear hunting and in return Smokey asked if i'd come up and help out in camp because it left him shorthanded just you know, yeah camp you gave bitch. him a whole bunch of work that he wasn't yeah. ready for <laughs> and as things grew from that you know a couple of years later brad had time to come up we needed more help brad came up and it just it ballooned into you know it's one of them you fall in a pile of shit come out smelling like a rose thing and uh here we are 20 some years later sitting at a booth in harrisburg sitting getting at a more booth guys. in harrisburg working for another outfitter well and, actually uh, yeah that's yeah. kind of a funny story how you guys because yeah, we've even... worked for several outfitters over the years you know and it's this pretty... show that actually got you guys hooked up with alaska lead outfitters correct correct yeah last year whitey talked me into coming down here yeah he, he didn't even want to come down because like you and i had planned to come down and you came down the day before and you know, I was talking to my dad. I was like, you know, I'm going to go down to the show. You know, you want to come down with me and Nick? He's like, yeah, no, I don't really feel like going wandering around down there. I was like, come on, just come down with me. You know, and at this point, Smokey had gotten out of the guiding yeah, you were business. pretty much done guiding for a year or yeah, two at we this had, point. Yeah, we hadn't Yeah, the previous we fall, yet. he didn't go up That's, to Alaska. Yeah. So, you know, I talked him into coming down, and we're walking around, and he's talking to different people, and we walk up to Mike's booth with Alaska Elite Outfitters, and, you know, he comes up, you know, he doesn't really say anything to him at first. He grabs a brochure and he's looking and Mike's like, you know, my dad asked, you know, where, where about are you hunting at? And he said, you know, we're hunting the New Shigak River drainage. My dad's like, yeah, I'm a little bit familiar with it. Try not to be too cocky, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just, just you grew talking, up the last yeah. 20 years there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta let him make an ass of himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. We've been there. <laughs> yeah, so Mike, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you've been on a hunt up there or something. My dad's like, I've been guiding up there for about 20 years now. And immediately the pen came out. What's your guide license number? Give me your phone number, address, everything, you know. And are you available this fall? I knew he shouldn't have come here. <laughs> well, it was funny because the, as soon as he asked if I was available, his next question was, do you know anybody else? And I was like, oh, actually, yes, I do. <laughs> know quite a few people, actually. So in, in now the guinea pea, pig comes in. Exactly. So in my little pea brain, the gears start turning. Not that I'm the brightest guy in the world, but gave him Brad's number there. and said, Brad, you might want to go up and check this guy out this spring and do a brown bear <laughs> trip with them and see how things and those are in out. october you said uh, well this was a spring hunt <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the so, seasons and everything yeah so, so brad went up last spring and you guys had a pretty good season up there it last wasn't spring. too bad it was a nice season i mean it started out rough but um you know i, I wasn't used to that kind of a hunt a, a spring hunt on a river no baits involved you're looking for baits or dead moose yeah or dead moose you know? laying by the river yep there's really no fish to speak of so you're relying on a dead moose and we, you know i went up to the tundra and i was able to get to the tundra and look around and glass and it was the tundra <laughs> yeah i mean i'm sure <laughs> in the springtime i'm wow. sure in the springtime you got like no blueberries and other things no, blossoming I, yet so yeah. there's nothing for them to chew on up there on the tundra no dead walruses yeah. this trip yeah no dead walruses <laughs> and and it just kind of it was you know you're you were relying on that dead moose on the river it, no but you it, guys had quite a bit of success though really i mean yeah. you stop and think about it, it was yeah we, hunting, we, but... we ended up finding like three moose and we we got bears on we got a couple off of one and let's see they missed a dandy on one which i ended up getting another 
I got a dandy off of that area, which was probably the one they missed. Mm-hmm. And that was what better. A, that bear was better than nine foot. Wasn't yeah, it? it was a nine and a half footer. That's it was a day old bear. That is a yeah. bear. It was a dandy. It was it was beautiful. Hell, we had that bear within twenty yards of us. You know, when it walked down, you couldn't really see it. You knew it was there, and then it hit the river. It's like, ah, eh, we don't want to shoot in the river yet. No. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you mean you didn't want to drag him up out of the river? No, no I wouldn't cross. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was nuts. It was, but it was a good hunt. Good deal. And that's you know, I, Mike not knowing me and me not knowing Mike and how we how I was trained to hunt with with Smokey, which you know Frank and I, we beat our heads off of trees and everything trying to figure out what his reasoning was sometimes, and you know the guy had a system, and it worked, and he was successful, and he was a it more than worked. I mean, yeah, nobody was, could touch Smokey's success rates on anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for for all the craziness that took place, we killed a lot of lot of critters. A lot, a lot of, of critters. nice critters. Yeah, so you know, it, got... it wasn't always about the kill, though. I'm just talking about the business himself, though, too. Yep. You know, oh, it, no, it, no, you no, know self-preservation, not killing yourself, trying to do something. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and the running around. And, yeah, I mean, you talk to a lot of people that are guides up in Alaska, and they talk about how grueling a lot of it is. And, you know, just working with you guys this fall, you know, people talk about packing moose for miles and stuff. And, you know, when I hunt with you two, it's like you guys are just calling these moose right to the river bottom, and you're making as little work of it as possible. You know, you want these moose to come right to you on the river so you can pull a boat within 100 yards of them, if at all possible. You know, that's not always going to happen but that's what you strive for to make as little work as possible well we've, yeah. we've had our packs yeah. from hell well, yeah i'm sure you have <laughs> the packs from hell were there and they could have been up there and we've learned with time you don't have to do that now mm-hmm. you know i drew a blank this year on a moose hunt you know and 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 it hurts to do that i mean the one that i did have i it was probably a legal moose, but man, that's a tough call to make. Yeah, you know, for you're, sure. You're you don't want it, that's not a mistake you, you want to like make. Thirty seconds to call this thing before it jumps into the willows, and you're going. And I, I kick myself in the in the ass every day thinking about that. When I think about it, is like, hey, you know, that moose was legal, but was it legal? Yeah, but you, you don't know? want to make that snap judgment and be no. wrong. No, you're screwed if you do. So yeah, that's yeah. a big you scar know, on your face. I'm sorry. And the guy was great with it. He he felt the same way. He felt the same way. But you know that 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 shooting them close to the river, or, you know, bring them to you is a smart thing to do. Um, we've had our packs from hell. I mean, we'll probably. I think end you're up still up. mad at me for that one up on the King Salmon. <laughs> I don't. I got over it after the bear with the. Uh, <laughs> Super Mike. <laughs> I, I, I was let, like, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> I, I let a client talk me into walking halfway across the state of Alaska one time to go chase a moose that he had seen. I never saw this animal. Oh, my goodness. And you he, trusted him, huh? And I trusted <laughs> the, the guy. Client. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing led to another. We ended up killing a moose, and it was literally five miles from anything. And, uh, but Brad there was drew, a drainage Brad, there. <laughs> Brad drew the short straw to go help me get it. Well, we ended up all tangled up in a beaver swamp mess and lost the boat and walked back to camp at 2 o'clock in the morning. 
it was it was a disaster. We and mo- and <laughs> none of you out there know Brad. Brad's not exactly a big guy. Brad, what are you? Five five? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Wayne, give me another inch anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so you got you, this is a podcast. You don't have to see him. You can tell. Yeah. Him. But not a big guy, six two. And <laughs> but really, you know, you throw a hundred pounds of moose meat on your back. You're working hard, you know, walking that five miles out of there. Yeah, yeah. The, the moose leg was four and a half feet over my head. <laughs> <laughs> coming off the back but it, it was that was about the most miserable deal we had yeah. this little walmart raft that Smokey gave us to float this thing down this little creek that wasn't any wider than the walmart raft well and then the air pump was junk it junk. didn't work so we ended up blowing this raft up with our lungs with our lungs <laughs> Only took and about I, eight hours. It, well, it, it went pretty quick, but we're sitting there. In the meantime, Whitey, your dad is sicker than a dog. <laughs> and he's got his lips wrapped around this. I am going to say, I'm like, Frank, I really don't, <laughs> really don't want to blow on that right <laughs> He kind of looked at me and he looked up off his knees and, you know, it was a Scott hanging moment. out of my nose. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I got to have all I got. Brad, it's your turn. <laughs> yes, I don't blame you. <laughs> I'll finish. Oh. <laughs> uh, we, ended up, we spent the whole day going back up in there to get that moose, this client shot. And, uh, in the end, didn't get it all the way back to camp the first day we went up there. Lost the, not really lost the boat, but where we ended up was a mile nowhere away. Nowhere near the boat. Nowhere near yeah. the boat. A mile away, different braid of the river. Uh, had to go back the next day with another boat <laughs> to get that boat to come back down the river and go back to where we had left the moose carcass the day before. It was real simple process. Oh yeah, so, yeah. It sounds like an easy day. Yeah, pack from hell. That's all. That's all. Well, I appreciate you guys getting that learning experience out of the way before you brought yeah. me up. Yeah, you saw how much nicer things work now, didn't yeah. you? I, I didn't have to put a backpack on to carry any moose right. meat. I I literally just picked it up and carried it ten feet Parked to the, the boat. boat next to a dead moose. What more could you ask? See, for? That's a perfect. You know, back in my day, school was uphill both ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Frank's picking them up out of the water. You know. Yeah. Why do we buy pack frames? <laughs> just load the boost in the boat. <laughs> One of my favorites. What I need this four hundred dollar pack frame for. <laughs> right. You're gonna learn. <laughs> One day you'll need it. Uh, One of my favorite. Appreciate it. <laughs> One of my favorite stories. My uncle Frank was telling me is you know you get that guy that's gung ho about you know you got the more you walk the better your hunt's gonna be kind of thing. So you always you take him on that loop the first day. Just and burn them out. Get out of your system day one. Yeah, you're not yeah. hunting. You tell them you're hunting, but you're not hunting. You're just going to yeah, walk We're going to go up around this ridge here. You How know? far can we go in 12 hours? <laughs> Usually settles them right down, you said. Oh, yeah. Calms them right out. There you go. How's that? Now then they're all about the river hunting. <laughs> Can't we do that boat thing again? <laughs> yeah, some yep. of the guys down camp, their moose was right in the river by camp. <laughs> Uh, but you do, you get those guys that think that the more ground you cover, the more the better our chances are. We gotta cover ground. We gotta go, 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 go. And and you Yeah, know, sometimes that's just not the case. Yeah, there's an old saying in hunting, it's better to cover a little bit of ground well than a lot of ground poorly. And there's just Nope. It's a great yeah, there's so learned. much truth to that. Yes. Yes. Over hunting it. We talked we were babbling about it all day today. 
Yeah. You know, yeah, guys want to go tearing through the bush and you'll do more damage than they good. They get mad you're not doing anything and you're when you're in Alaska doing a hunt, nine times out of ten, as soon as you unzip that zipper in your tent and you stick your head out that door, you better start looking. Yeah. I don't care if you're making noise and drinking whiskey and banging bottles or farting in a shitter box. Yeah. You're, you're, you're hunting. hunting. You're well, just, freaking this hunting because they're this right past there. Fall. We had a moose come right into camp, you know, 100 yeah. yards from the tent. How many pictures yeah. did you get of that moose? Oh, yeah, and I could have, you know, been 20 yards from that thing. Man, and every... then the next day after, it was the day before, we had four bears come right across the river from camp. Right. Well, yeah. like you guys, like I said, I, I'm the the inexperienced one in the group here, but you got the moose are, I mean, they're a monstrous animal, which everybody knows. They're not, you're not really afraid of people, are they? I mean, that's, they get that close because it's... Yeah, they're, they're... <laughs> I don't want to say they're not afraid because they they will shy away from you. I mean, if yeah. they if you go mucking up their neighborhood, you know they will vacate. You know, but at the same time, you know they're not skittish like a whitetail. Okay, so yeah, yeah. compared yeah, to a whitetail, yeah. which most of the people listening are very familiar with whitetail hunting. Yeah. So compared to them, yeah. All right. Yeah. I think yeah. if you were in a truly untouched area, you could go into a moose. You could probably do it with a whitetail, but or any animal, because they if they were in a in an area where a human ain't messing with them, you know, on a mean? regular basis, on yeah. a regular basis, they'd be like, "What the hell are you doing here?" Yeah, it's they more curiosity. I mean, yeah, this is my you spot. You could go what in you there with here? a bongo and bang on it, and and a bull rutting would be coming over, going, "Why are you?" over here i'm rutting i'm gonna say that's a funny story because you and dad have talked about i haven't experienced it yet you know you're talking about like packing up camp and you're banging around in boats and stuff and those moose are just so curious for one and pissed off because they're rutting they hear that banging around in the boat and they think son of a bitch there's another bull over there getting in my territory and you've had them come right to the boat with you they're right to the boat you know, yep, and it's weird. You know, you hear the a million stories of the chopping firewood, and that bull that you took the pictures of in camp mm-hmm. that day—that's yeah. kind we of chop- what he was doing. We were chopping firewood yeah. in camp, splitting wood. We were out there mm-hmm. splitting wood and banging. The next thing I'm, I'm went down to the boat to gas up. I'm like, hey, we got a bull down here on the river. So, you know, send <laughs> yeah. me a gun. <laughs> I need a gunner. Was, you know, he I, was I, on I the radio. Small, he but, came over the radio, and we're sitting in the cook tent with the. You know, the radio in the cook tent, and Brad comes on his walkie talkie. He's like, uh, Someone bring a gun down to the river, please. We have- <laughs> you put you a hop in that step. A rifle. <laughs> now, put a, little, put a little pepper in your step, bud. Uh, we got in a situation here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but Take your that, time. When- I got nothing going on. Whenever you get the chance, bring one down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when them moose get ready, I mean, we've they'll come to almost anything. I mean, we've had guys walking through the woods, you stop, someone needs something out of their backpack. I can't imagine what they need so bad five minutes away from dinner and boat. Snickers but, bar, for yeah, sure. Yeah, they need a Snickers bar all of a sudden. <laughs> but they stop, unzip the zipper, and just that of a zipper, I've actually I've witnessed it fire up a bull, and, and he come off that crazy little sound. And I don't know if to him it sounded like a just a quick rake Snap up a tree, of a tree or something. Or... And so boom. you're saying keep candy bars. In the old backpack, just for that reason. No, actually, I wish you'd quit playing with your backpacks when we're on. <laughs> yeah, just start zipping and unzipping that zipper as soon as you get into your stand. But, uh, but we actually we killed a, a 55-inch legal bull, wow. and it fired up off the sound of a backpack zipper. 
and bang, all of a sudden that, that's what all it took, and he fired up. But he was just he was that ruddy that any sound in his neighborhood. That's what impressive impresses me the most about moose is how aggressive they do get when they're rutting like that. Yes. Oh, and, and we you even asked Brad. We've talked about it. You know, they they let us hunt the fifth through the fifteenth in our area. Okay. And of what, what it, month are you guys up there? September. September. And, and it's a pre-rut kind of deal. You know, they don't give us the main rut. You know, if they would let us hunt from the twentieth through the thirtieth of September story you know i've always said that we'd probably kill every moose in the state because when they get ready they get as dumb as you can imagine you know and uh but that pre-rut they can be pretty challenging because they're they're quiet they don't make as much noise which is crazy to think of an animal that size going through alaska is can go silently without like being detected yeah they get the same thing it seemed like a bear or a whitetail and like you think you're sitting in your stand you feel like you're super keen on everything that's going on around you and you turn over and there's a doe or something like at your feet and say, where the hell did you come from? <laughs> yeah. You know, and when you think of a moose, you know, they're a, a thousand pound, 1500 pound animal with 70 inches of antler hanging off their head. And then all of a sudden, what, how the hell did he get right in front of me? You know, yeah, they like, come through them come willows from? dead silent. That's like that one, uh, Sarah got that yeah. year smoky. They pull a boat into a slough that isn't any wider than this room, which is 15, 10, 10 feet wide. I mean, the boat just barely fits up through the channel. They parked the boat. They went in on step, which is, if you don't understand what on step is, that's full throttle. And then you just cut the gas and coast into the bank. And they sat there about a minute, and they were getting theirself ready and you know, Smokey's going to do a little walk in this secret hole. And Sarah stood up and her, her knee hit the oar on the side of the boat. And that, that oar goes clunk on the side of the boat. And instantaneously, as soon as that oar clunked, that bull lit up. And he was less than 40 yards away from him. And he came right to the boat. And he was going to sink the boat because... He that was fired up. That somebody was, was where they were. Somebody clunked an antler within 40 <laughs> yards of his zone, and he was pissed. Yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and Smokey's standing there looking, going, shoot. And she's still loading her gun. <laughs> <laughs> and she shot, and then Jimmy shot, and Smokey shot. And, you know, she hit it, and it was dead when she hit it. But, you know, it, it was pretty interesting. That, yeah. It's amazing how aggressive they can and get. And kind of, you know, you want to say stupid, but they're not stupid. They're, they're not stupid. stupid they're by just, they're getting it, aggressive because they're protecting what's theirs. Exactly. So, it's it's just kind of crazy. When it uh, when it comes to like calling with them, is like obviously it sounds like they're way more responsive than a whitetail. I mean, is it quite like turkey hunting almost? Like with how responsive they are to calling, or not? Kind of almost in between the two. I'd say they're a little less responsive than turkeys. Because the way themselves. you were describing it, it sounds like you know you make some noise and all they're firing up. I always, I've, I've always related it to turkey. I don't know if they're as responsive. Or, I think a lot of it just depends on how ruddy they are. Yeah. You know, if they're really ruddy, it, they fire up. I mean, and the, the noise starts, the snot's coming out of their nose. They're busting branches. Well, that's and a then, good hot one. You know, but, but I, then I, early in the season, I mean, how many times, Brad, have you, you know, you'll get one little, oh. Yeah. You get an, and oh. he'll just like tell you, I'm here and I heard you. And then that's it. He just goes quiet for the rest of the morning, or yep. or he'll just give one little clunk on a tree. You know, it's 
it all depends on the mood of that animal just how so, i mean like any and i'm sure you know at the same time of year like today you know if you go hunting for moose you know you get that response like you were just talking about that real docile response then you go to a different spot that same day and you get one that's all fired up and pissed off. It's just, it depends on the animal. It really does. They have different personalities, yeah. almost like where one might mm-hmm. more aggressive of his territory than another one. And it might be a younger animal that is. Yeah, you, it's I I I I agree totally with you, Nick. It's uh, it's a turkey type situation. If yeah, anyone I'm, I'm hasn't been on a moose hunt, I've never got to moose hunt, but I've done yeah. quite a bit of turkey. Talking hunting. to the mic, bud. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brad's the professional tonight. <laughs> I had to put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Keep me in check tonight. No, but it, it, it's 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 exactly what you're saying. It is a lot. I'm not saying they're the same responses no, I, I, or whatever. I but in comparison to this, I've always in my mind compared it to that because it's and I haven't turkey hunted around here in a long time because I just kind of got tired of it. But it is. It's kind of the same deal. It's, you're essentially hunting a 1500 pound turkey <laughs> exactly exactly and it's and the fun is when one gets fired up well that, mm-hmm. that's what i like about turkey hunting so much yeah. is just getting that gobbler fired up and pissing off a hen mm-hmm. that you know it sounds like it's like a, a similar comparable mm-hmm. i don't want to say that you know eastern turkeys and alaskan moose are the same but <laughs> <laughs> but but there are there are a lot of similarities similarities in the, there, in the right? responsiveness to calling because like I don't do a whole lot of calling for whitetail because I have not had like a buck, you know, like come in on a string like you do a turkey. And I just, I, I get too excited mm-hmm. when I'm deer hunting and, you know, I get a buck that's like a hundred yards out there and I start grunting like an idiot, like, rah, 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 like he's going to bring him in for yeah. sure. <laughs> so I just stop bringing grunt tubes in the woods because I just, I get myself in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's but like, it has worked sometimes too. You never oh, know. Oh yeah, I mean sometimes. I, usually had, it's on the I've spike. I've had whitetails but... come in like they're on a rope to, yeah. to a grunt or a bleat or a little bit of rattling. Well, maybe I'm missing yeah. something in my cadence. You know, <laughs> it's, no, you know, honestly, I think people get too carried away. They go, they get too aggressive too soon. Oh, I'm a hundred percent guilty of that. Yeah. When it comes to and, whitetail, and it, well, I get bored sometimes, and it's and I I did it, I did it in the honey hole one year. I just sit. I mean. It wasn't a big buck, but it just sitting there and usually... It's still fun bite. to play with any deer. Yeah. I don't care if it's a spike horn buck. If you can yeah. talk to them and get them to respond, that's but fun. This this one spot we hunted all the time, we just, we'd laugh because it just it's just a natural funnel and you just saw them and nothing was happening. And I was just bored and I was just sitting there and I just started grunting. I just, brap, 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 you know. And I just kept going. I just mm-hmm. kept doing it. Next thing I know, I'm sitting there, I heard something. And I can't hear for crap, but I hear something. And there, it's a real thick spot, about 40, 50 yards away from me. And I grunted and then grunted back at me. Well, I just kept grunting at him. Well, it never showed himself, so I just kept grunting. I just, brap, 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 you know. And he finally stepped out, and there's this, you know, he's just like a six point, you know, and he walked mm-hmm. right to me. Yep. You know, yep. And he's like looking around like, where are you at? And I'm going, I'm up here. And I'm sorry, <laughs> but, but that, that's but always fun. Was, I mean, how was, is that not fun? I mean, yeah. oh, for oh sure. it, was, it was wonderful. I'm going to myself, you know, everyone's like, oh, you just got to grunt once. And yeah, I don't know what the secret is. I yeah. couldn't tell you what the secret is to grunting a deer up. John, swear, John Eves swears by three grunts. 
That's yeah. everyone. <laughs> Everyone's every got us just and, three grunts. And if, you know it, what? if it works and for you, do it. I mean, that's that that's probably sick. what happened one time for him. So three grunts, and that's when he quit. Well, yeah. that was after he killed a absolute slob ten point out of upstate New York, and well, now yeah. his. But like I said, if it works for you, do it. You know, who am I to tell you that mm-hmm. that's not the way to do it? Well, if you've had success with it. I'd keep doing it. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, that, he I guess bought if that, you keep grunting, you'll get a little tiny six point walk in on you. He, yeah, he bought that grunt tube like hours before that hunt, killed that buck, and then taped the grunt tube to the ceiling, retired the grunt tube. He's like, all right, that's done. He's like, that grunt tube has done anything it could ever do for me. It's, it's getting retired. <laughs> its work is done. I've here. done that. <laughs> yeah, he, that was a fun fun yeah. little trip. No, but you, know, you got you to gotta find what works for you. And, you know, I don't care if it's a fishing lure or a rifle or yeah. a grunt tube or a bleak call or whatever. But if it if it works for you and keeps you in the woods and makes you feel like you've got a better chance of killing something or, or having a good hunt, even if it doesn't result in killing something. If it, if it keeps you in the woods, I'm going to tell you to keep using it and keep doing it. Yeah, that's you know? a good point you brought up there with uh, when you talked about guns and picking the gun that work, it builds your confidence and stuff. I, I I want to hunt out west, and I've talked to you because you've you've done a few trips west of Pennsylvania in your day. So I, I asked you about you know rifles for big game, and I your opinion on it and advice to me I thought was incredible, and I think more people could benefit from your opinion on selecting a rifle for western hunting. But well, the the thing I usually tell people is the most important thing is bring a rifle you're comfortable with and you can shoot straight because a well placed shot. Shot is, placement is worth a lot more than a big bullet in the ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that's a fact. So, you know, if you match your bullet to your game, don't worry about the gun quite as much as the bullet itself. Yeah, your and, best uh, best advice I got from you is that, you know, there's not a single animal in North America that hasn't been killed with a spear. In the not, world. In, in the, the world, world, yeah. There's not an animal <laughs> on the planet that hasn't been killed with a spear. So you can't tell me that any centerfire rifle isn't... right sufficient if it's placed correctly correct you know now the advantage of a big gun is that that mediocre shot you know you're aiming for the heart and lungs and you put one through the liver well i'd if i'm shooting at a moose i'd much rather run my 338 through his liver than a 243 oh correct <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, i mean there's benefits but, to it but correct i but, think guys get wrapped up in but the, again that's... that well-placed shot is worth far more than a big bullet yeah all, i think guys get wrapped long. up and that's the most important part of preparing yes. for a hunt in alaska yeah, is I, I was the, gonna the say i feel like most people that's like one of their first questions they ask is like you know what gun should i bring yeah, you know? how, how big a gun do i need oh you need one you can shoot straight you know 4570 <laughs> government yeah <laughs> 405 grain bolt springfield let's call it uh, <laughs> damascus barrel black well, powder <laughs> we've had guys show up with Side thirty thousand dollars side by side European rifles that were what was the one guy had a that five seventy nitro or something? I don't know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the elephant a, gun. And, and he, couldn't, he couldn't have brought a worse gun to it. Yeah, it's to good go for about twenty yards. Brown bears, you know, because they just don't match up to what we're doing. You yeah, know? if he was sitting on the fishing hole, like it could have happened, it would have been beautiful, maybe. But. In his situation, it didn't work out, so he wasn't ready yeah, for it. Yeah, all of a sudden, he needed a gun that could shoot 150 yeah. to 200 yards, and the gun he was holding was designed to knock an elephant 60, off its 60 ass yards. 60 yards. You know, just it didn't match up to what he was doing. So. Yeah, so obviously, bigger is not always, always better when better. it comes to Alaska, yeah. That's yeah. not well, what it comes to said. anything. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's even guys that say that, like, 
you know, you got to be bigger than a 243 for whitetail. But I've, I've hunted my entire life with a 7M M08, which is, you know, essentially a 243. And I've had, I've dropped many of my deer right in their tracks. It's just, yep. it's shot placement. Yep. My daughter and my wife kill a lot of black. deer with a 22. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't saying that. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. I heard stories. I heard stories. Shot placement. (laughs) No, but that 7M08 you mentioned, my wife. It was a hornet. (laughs) (laughs) They're illegal. (laughs) 22 hornet. Did I say that? (laughs) That's good now. It's good. (laughs) But they killed their black bears with 7M08. Up in Alaska, right? Yeah. You know, and they were... You know, 250, 300-pound bears. Well, that and Whitey killed his with a bow. So with if a he, bow. If he's killing with a bow, you can't tell me that, you know, your gun that you're hunting whitetail with is probably going to be just fine for a moose if, as long as you can shoot it correct, like, yes. well. We've had a, quite a few moose shot with 30-06s, uh, 7MMs. Uh, and like what you said, matching your bullet, you know, you don't want something crucial. that's going to blow that's apart whole, that's as soon as it gets into the skin. You that. want something that's going to hold together and penetrate through Mushroom a moose that's three feet thick. Correct. Correct. Match your bullet to your game. Is far Think more of your important. gun. You know, you look at some of them natives out there, and even Eric's daughter, she's eight years old, killed a big old cow moose. And they take their time. They aren't in a rush to get it. So they... they they didn't pay ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars for this. You say ten thousand so dollars. Where did you find that Alaskan hunt? Well, <laughs> it was twenty years ago, bud. Yeah. Grow yeah. up. You weren't yeah. even born. You yet. say I was at the show today You're and I didn't see swimming. any at ten. Grand. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna get more expensive tomorrow. Yeah. So book yeah. your hunt today. Yeah, yeah show special. But now, <laughs> she. Uh, it, it, the long and the short of it is, is they didn't pay. So I understand, uh, you know, I want this, I want this all to be right and good. And I don't want to have an excuse. My gun wasn't right. I mean, they're, th- these are locals hunting, but you watch them hunt and you look at them and they're out there with Ruger mini 14s and it's like a 223 and they're using Remy or you know, they're just using <laughs> whatever they could they're fly. using military ammo yeah 55 like, grain bullet yeah a full metal jacket and it's like what are you doing they go shoot them in the pumpkin you shoot them right in the head you don't waste meat they don't they aren't trying to shoot a thousand yards they take their time and they're going to shoot one at 30 yards now here's an eight-year-old girl dumps this beautiful cow moose which is the best eating you're going to get Shoots the thing in the head, and she's happier than a pig and poop. Yep. And it, it, it shot placement. That gun worked perfect. It's a little Ruger Mini 14. She had a 10-round magazine. She took one shot. Boom. Yeah. yeah. She didn't need a 338 Lapua. No, she, she didn't need <laughs> nothing other than that. Yeah. And... And yet the other part about that is she had a smile on her face. She couldn't knock off with a two by four. Yep. It was beautiful. And it wasn't a big deal. We've, we've run into a lot of the, the natives up there and the, with their kids. Yeah. They're and, all, you know, they, they step back. Those, those guys up there, you know, they get a bull running across the slough. They hand a gun to their, you know, the littles. We were watching them this year. That, that little kid this year, what was he, nine years old? He, he wasn't even, yeah, he was Maybe nine. Maybe seven, seven or nine. He was he was young. I mean, the, he was The little boy penis. was seven. I want to say the boy that killed the moose was nine was years nine. old. Yeah. 
And he was just a tiny little guy. I mean, he had hip boots on that were <laughs> up coming to up over his ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he shot till the moose fell. And they're like, they just, they had to jack the rounds in and hand him the rifle back. And he shot and he finally, he hit it killed and killed it. it. Beautiful little bull. Good eating bull. Yeah. See, the natives was, are, it's they're killing for meat, correct? I mean, that's, oh, they're, absolutely. They're, yeah. they're not really out they, there for trophy moose. They, they're well, literally nine, feeding Nine themselves. times out of ten, they don't even bring the antlers out. Yeah. And the antlers stay right moose, there in the bank. The antlers are still laying there when we left after our month of hunting. Yep. Yeah. They, 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 they're There's, looking for meat, period. End of story. You know, uh, you know, unlike a lot of us down here, we're hunting for the enjoyment of hunting. We hopefully we eat the meat and don't waste anything. I mean, I, you know, I know everybody yep. that's sitting in this room and our friends. We all enjoy eating. Oh, whatever, I prefer eat whatever to, we kill. Yeah, you know, but to them it goes a little bit further. You know, we we yep. don't have to shoot. Yeah, we can a still white tail we could survive without it. But it, it's crucial to their survival they're, they're pretty good about making sure when they they're going out to kill for the meat that that truly yeah. is i mean they don't mind a trophy they're no, happy I, to I've brag seen, about I've seen it. a lot of natives bring out big big sets of antlers oh, yeah. off a of trophy moose and but but they're laying on the in the yard dogs yeah. are chewing on them they're yeah. that or they're laying yeah. on some and shed they, they, roof. Recognize they don't special. care anymore they you know that's but it's meat yeah so, so if you had to compare it, because um, the only moose I've ever had was pickled moose heart. If you had to compare it to, you know, whitetail that most people are eating around here, where where would you put moose on the spectrum for eating uh, purposes? Moose is my favorite wild game. Really? Yeah. Hands down, it's my favorite wild game. Uh, as far as I mean, they all have a different... Oh, I'm sure they're all different, yeah, but I mean, so you, yeah, you yeah, prefer yeah. moose over whitetail or something? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'd go moose over elk. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Moose is my when it comes to wild game. Moose is my. But, favorite. Like, would you compare it more to like a whitetail or more like beef? I, I would go more beefy. More beefy, yeah. really. Grain yeah, is, it has a very, heavier grain, much less gamey. Yeah, and and the amazing part about that to me is, like you said, but as a non-resident, the moose we're allowed to shoot are bulls, mature bulls over Rutting. fifty inches, <laughs> and yeah. yeah, coming into the rut, and that meat is still. To me, hands down, better than any white. And it's not like they're had. sitting in cornfields and yeah. soybean fields. No, like they're eating willow bushes and oh, exactly. Plants so, I mean, and, for you imagine and, uh, if you had them sitting on a corn yeah, pile, and they're not a they're not a real <laughs> gamey meat. They really no. are. Wow. Like I said, I've only had them pickled, so I, it's tough to really give my opinion on That's grandpa's like pickle. smoking fish, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> it can make any yeah. taste. Yeah, good. it tasted like smoke a jar it. of pickles. <laughs> oh, this is good. We'll smoke, smoke it. it. Fantastic. <laughs> no, you ain't smoking yeah, my you, moose's You pickle or smoke any, anything you don't really care to eat. You just pickle or smoke it, pickle and you can stomach it. it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It was carp. <laughs> yeah. As I remember, little grandpa was like, "Oh, I got a jar of pickled moose heart here for you." It's, yeah, you'd eat it. I mean, it. You can't really tell the difference. I think you but... just ruined a perfectly good moose heart by pickling it myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you're probably right. It is a different thing to eat, though. It is neat. Yes. I like. Uh, I didn't really get into it that much. A guy at work pickles all our deer hearts. Does he? We yeah. gave him about fifty deer hearts one year, and he just like, holy cow! You know, Brad, you're only allowed two. No, well, there's a whole. <laughs> there's a lot of hunters. There's fifty-one hunters. <laughs> Oh, okay. There are 51 hunters. <laughs> but he did a lot of deer arts, and it was actually good. You know, the way he did it, Yep, it was good. And, and everyone got a bunch, and 
cool. That's a good it, deal. It was, it, you know, if you can, sometimes you just got to change all that stuff up when you're cooking it and, or processing or whatever. You make those bolognese and smoky sticks. And, See, and, our hearts you know, from white till never make it that far yeah. for pickling. Those get cooked that night. That same us. here in our house. It's like, yeah, I like, for, I to, an onion and the heart and some butter, pan, butter, fry, and butter, and, yeah. and a little more butter, and, and then when you're all done, you put some more yeah. butter on it. Yeah. <laughs> butter the cholesterol and heart. that's already in the heart you're eating. <laughs> that's what my heart's gonna look like. <laughs> so, so when you guys do harvest a moose up in Alaska, do you guys typically eat it at camp? Like, how does that uh, work with the guy you're? Hey, this ain't Halloween. We don't harvest them. We kill. Kill. Them okay. <laughs> yeah, you can, we can say. So you kill them. you kill a moose up in Alaska. Yeah. You guys, Thank you know, cook it at camp, a little bit of it. Obviously, oh, you're not going to eat an entire moose. Yeah, it's. it's <laughs> I don't think I've ever had anybody say he didn't want us eating any of his moose. You know, no, it, it all comes down to the client. Obviously, it's their, yeah. It's, I mean, it's his, moose, but, his but everybody's always been like, oh, absolutely. Let's we're eating good tonight. You know, no more mountain some, house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some, the PBJs are getting yeah. put to the side yeah. tonight. We're eating moose steaks. Yeah, and it's That's, amazing. Yeah. You know, sometimes you think. You like to let that stuff try and age a little bit, but you know, you have, the day you shoot it, you eat it, and it, it come out like a little year. green meat to add music to camp. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost like a, it takes the whole hunt full circle for me, anyway. You know, it does. you go out there, you hunt, you kill something, you bring it back, your buddies show up, you for whitetail, you know, you skin it out, you take that heart that night, the tenderloins, and you throw them on the grill that night. It kind of just it brings everything full circle yeah. and. No, and most of the hunters that come up, they you know, they want to enjoy that part of camp. You know, they want to be. It's yeah, it's, that's hunting camp. You know, yeah, you harvest absolutely. something or kill something, you, you share it with everybody. Yeah, it's all, it's all about. Uh... <laughs> Whoopie! 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 <laughs> <laughs> we need a better hotel. These chairs squeak. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the floor. Frank's in a soft spot. <laughs> But uh, it's the first yeah. hotel I was able to pay cash with no credit card. Well, it's, they rent this place by the hour. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy, he's like, he's like, how are you paying for this? And I, well, I didn't realize I had a choice. I've never been in a place I didn't have to run my credit card. You know, and cash is fine. I'm like, okay. Well, like so, you, said, you knew something was up when he took your fifty or sixty bucks and gave you ten dollars out of his pocket. You say it didn't come out of a money you, money you think box. Uncle Sam's getting his share. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll mail it. It's in the mail. <laughs> so when are you coming up to Alaska with us, Nick? I told Frank, as soon as he gets officially licensed as a guide, that's when I'm gone. You want to go with him? Eh, he's got he's to start somewhere. Have you ever seen him run a boat? <laughs> I've seen pictures and I've heard stories. Um, I heard it took him quite a while to get to out of Ekwok up to where you guys were hunting. Okay, that wasn't me running uh-huh. the boat. That was yeah. someone else's fault. <laughs> yeah. Pointing figures at a guy that can't defend himself tonight. <laughs> he, he got himself a crash course in everything Alaska can be last year. Unbelievable. Well, it, they were yeah. telling, you know, where they learned to run a boat, you know, it was pretty dicey water when they were coming up through it, but it was all shallow water. So, you know, if you had buried your boat, you know, you weren't really sinking. You know, you were, you know, it was, wasn't the way you wanted to spend your day beached on a gravel bar, but... You weren't in any serious trouble at the time, but where I'm learning on the Mulchatna River, you got all the same twists and turns and sweepers all over the place, but you got eight feet of water to deal with. So if you turn a boat over or start taking on water, 
you're sinking the thing. It's going down. It's going to get ugly fast. <laughs> so where they were able to make mistakes, and it was like, oh, that sucked. When I, <laughs> if I make the mistake, it's like, well, I might be dead. Well, you don't really have to worry about that kind two. of thing, though. You guys, have, you guys have, like, state-of-the-art boats up there, though, so you should, wouldn't really have to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's how I'd describe them, state-of-the-art. The Coast Guard doesn't even have a wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, they're they probably bought them from the Coast Guard back yeah. in the '60s. Yeah, no, they we just run jet boats. You know, some are like flat bottom jet boats, or you know, a little bit of a V. You know, they're brand new motors on them. Oh yeah, they're real brand new, uh, yeah. brand new nine nine Evan Roods and yeah, yeah. state of the art. That's that's yeah, we're gonna stick with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> state of the art. Yeah, like when people talk about going up that's, to Alaska. That's why the hunts are twenty thousand dollars. We got to pay for half a boat. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you how nice the boats are. Brad got so fed up with one one day, kicked it off the bank and sent it down the river all by its lonesome. <laughs> Two days later, another outfitter drug it back up the camp. I ain't taking that <laughs> piece of shit. I found one of your boats. Brad's like, I kicked it away from the beach for a reason. <laughs> I know <laughs> you brought it back. <laughs> you know what took, I was it about took to took say. It took 20 years to ask me why I did it. <laughs> and when I told him, he didn't balk it. He's just like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but what I what I was starting to say though, like you know, people coming up to Alaska, they talk about you know how dangerous it is and whatever else, you know, getting attacked by bears, you know, the things that people Fuck are worried bears. about. But I mean, the okay. river is the most dangerous part of it. That's what I took away from you know my trips up there. You know, by far the most dangerous. Thing yeah, yeah, you river. can get in more trouble a lot faster on the river in them boats than doing anything else. Yes, the critters are let your your own your own. Uh, if you let your guard down, you're your own worst enemy. Wouldn't be, wouldn't when be you drop your guard, that. you're screwed. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And that and that includes laying in a tent at night going, the bears aren't going to bother me. Mm-hmm. No, you've when your guard be... is down, you're screwed. Now, if you're in a boat, a canoe, a raft, or whatever, if you think everything's going to be just fine, and I'll get through this, and I'll just go... I'll push my paddle off that tree over there and I'll be okay. You better have like eight plans of action for every move you make. Mm-hmm. For, so for your tent, you guys have like bear-proof zippers on the tents? Oh, yeah. On, at camp? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're left-handed. Left-handed <laughs> zippers. The bears can't use them. You would not believe how often we have guys come into camp and they don't want the cot that's closest to the door of the tent. Because it's the, the door. That's where the bears come in. Yeah, that's the, where the, the bear's going to come in. Yeah. The bears are and, very and conscious and about and not I, wrecking I mean, the door. I, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but I mean, I've heard, I, there's always one guy every year doesn't want to sleep by the, by the t- He's like, what makes you think he's coming through the door? <laughs> yeah, he, he usually walks around like, that looks like the zipper. I've, I've seen these before. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to unzip this and walk in the tent. <laughs> yeah, if he wants to come in, he's coming straight through the side. Anywhere he wants. <laughs> He's got his own little zipper maker at the end of his paw. Yeah. <laughs> got quite a few of them. <laughs> yeah. Five on each hand. Zip. Yeah. So. No, but in, in 20 years, we've... Christ, Brad and I could probably sit here and talk for three days about different experiences. So I've heard had. a few stories, good, and I'm sure I've only... Good, bad, and indifferent. I mean, but in the end, it's all good. You know, Some of them over and over. 
But, yeah, I'm sure I've heard quite a few stories over and over again. But you know, up there this year, you know, I've heard stories, you know, that I've never heard from you guys. So there's, you know, you guys have been up there for over 20 years, like we were saying before. So there's 20 years worth of stories up there. Yeah, there's some that really stand out that are, they're just the ones that you just like, wow, that was nuts. It, not that they were bad. It's just. I mean, like, what's like the craziest be... thing that's ever happened? Like either one of you two, like encounters with bears or you know with moose or you know anything like that you know what's like the i don't necessarily like the scariest but like the biggest thing that made you go wow that was cool or crazy or whatever you know uh i'll tell you one of the oddest things that took me by surprise was uh paulie and i had some caribou hunters one year and we're hiking out across the tundra and stuff and we got into this little side drainage looking for caribou and we're knew where we wanted to get to it was a good hike but next thing you know we come up on this little pot of moose and there's a good bull in the group and this is after moose season so it's late september and uh these guys wanted to get some pictures of the moose well good bull four or five cows i don't remember exactly right now so we get down close to them about 100 yards away or so and they're milling around down there and paul starts making a couple calls he's like watch this we'll show you how we this is how we hunt moose and call them and stuff and just started making a few calls well it's late september it's peak of the rut <laughs> mr bull <laughs> this doesn't bull want anyone wasn't messing. gonna have it <laughs> well these four caribou hunters are all excited because they're getting pictures of this bull well, he just beelined for us and <laughs> paul and i are like we may have just screwed up <laughs> that was not the right idea. Yeah, you know, and they're all happy because here comes this bull. I have no idea what's like could oh, we, potentially. Paul and I understand no, exactly two, what's about the, to happen. The two we're hunters get, have are like probably oh, the four cool. hunters are thinking like, this is oh great. God, we're yeah. gonna get some really good pictures, and Paul and I are going. We're gonna get some really good pictures with this bull's antlers up your ass. <laughs> You're never gonna. <laughs> those pictures aren't getting developed. <laughs> so we're trying to get them to leave and go. We got to beat feet because he's coming, and. They just don't comprehend what just took place and what's about to play out. And we're trying to get the hell off the tundra. And that bull chased us for probably close to a mile See, back that across bull the moose tundra. probably didn't really ask for consent. He was on his way he, for whatever he wanted. He was pissed that somebody was going <laughs> to move in on his four or five little cows that he had in his harem over there. And it was just... Paul and I are going, how are we going to explain a DLP on a moose? I was say, you at that point, you can't defend yourself because you provoked we, it. We provoked the problem. You know, not really. We just didn't think far enough ahead as to what, you know, we want pictures. Great. Everybody wants pictures. That's, you know. Well, yeah, Alaska's, I mean, incredible. <clears throat> yeah, but it, it, it turned, it took a bad turn real fast. I, I did something like that with Gregory Wayne. And uh, we were up on Anoya Cook, right across from camp there. We were just cleaning up, you yep. know. And we were fishing one day, and we pulled over the side, and just, you could see the cabin. Mm-hmm. You know, but we were standing up there, and I don't know, I don't know why we got up on the bank, standing there doing whatever we were doing, and all of a sudden we, we could hear a bull grunting. When he's like, hey, you hear that? Yeah, I heard it, you know, so... We both threw out a couple grunts. Next thing you know, this thing, boom, it's right in our face. Not totally aggressive about it, but mm-hmm. we're standing on the bank. I'm looking at the boat, and Wayne's standing there. And 
the bulls walk around. He doesn't really see us yet. And it's after season. Yep. And I give it, I, I just did one more little grunt. And that thing turned and it, you know, it still didn't really see us, but it turned to us and it, here goes a sprucey, about a six foot sprucey come flying out of the ground <laughs> like a missile. And it's going up through the air. And I'm saying, well, he's like, we got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> we're this going is going to get boat. ugly really quick. Yeah. <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> and as we're going over the bank, you know, while well, the bull sauce, well, now it's coming. You know, and we're both in the boat and I'm pushing off. Wayne's trying to start it. And that bull come right to the right to the bank, you know, and he's like snorting. Yeah, he's he's ready to tell you what, who's boss. <laughs> I'm like, holy cow, that happened quick. You know, why didn't that happen a week ago? Yeah. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you, you want no part of him now. <laughs> yeah. But that's what they do. It's nuts. It, it is. It's in, And it's those unexpected things. You know, like you said, you, you brought it up. Everybody's always worried about bears, 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 bears. And I'm not saying that's not a, a worry. You know, be but... conscious of the bears by all means. You know, th- there's no second chances with one. But there's a lot of other things out there that you start taking for granted. And like Brad said, you let your guard down and just assume that this is going to play out good, and it'll bite you in the ass every time. Don't but, let your guard down. Yeah, when well, you're in Alaska, you're no longer at the top of the food chain anymore. No, by any means, you're you more are. towards the bottom. No, and <laughs> no, you well, are the food chain. You yeah, are, yeah, yeah, you're part of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, and if something goes wrong, it's not like we're going to jump in the truck and run you to the hospital. Yeah, it's just down the river a, a bit. You might be sitting there with a broken leg and your chin bone hanging out your skin for two days waiting to get out because weather socked things in and we couldn't even medevac you out in an emergency. We had that happen. <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, you just you got to be prepared all the time for, for anything that could possibly happen. What's, like, the worst uh, injury or something like that that's ever happened that – is he in studio the worst injuries in it happened this year it happened this fall yeah Yeah. it it was funny because they were joking like when i you know this was my first year in moose camp you know i've been up a few other times doing different things but my first year in moose camp they were like you definitely got 20 years worth of experiences this year like it was it was it was quite a year happened this year than and it was nuts and it was it's a it was a, a misfortune. I don't know exactly what happened, but uh, it was our camp cook. Um, the lady, you know, she was trying to light a Mr. Buddy heater. Something happened. The bottle wasn't screwed on. Well, there's two factors. I think the bottle may not have been screwed all the way on, possibly. I don't know. Or, and we also found that on it, there was a loose fitting. And she's had it forever. You know, she said, I've been using this thing for 10 years or whatever. But she went to light it and boom. And I mean, it blew the windows out of the cabin. And she got burnt pretty bad. Um, You know, it wasn't third degree or anything. We knew it was... Mostly um, first degree, some second degree burns. A little bit of second degree where like her long johns got burnt and melted onto her skin and was kind of tough to to deal with and you know and she was in a little bit of shock and it didn't seem bad where we were at we're like yeah we can see the stars and stuff and you know 10 o'clock at night we we activated 911 on us on a sat phone you know so on a sat phone 911 goes to 
friggin' Tampa, Florida or something. I mean, this guy doesn't have a clue where we're at. Yeah, Brad, you know, the dispatcher answered the phone, and Brad's like, yeah, we're up here on the Mulchatna River out in the bush, and the guy's like, you're on a what? Like, <laughs> yeah, he was totally cool. clueless. Yeah, just, just look for the blue uh, yeah. address numbers on the mailbox. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, and I kind of figured that, and I kind of half-ass expected that, but never having to make that call before so now it's all a learning experience and 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 i said hey i got latin lawns for you okay that's what i need and as soon as i gave it to him he's like okay i got your location i'm gonna put you and then they hooked us up with what through the whole system but it was really nuts because then it's it it went back they're calling us back we burned the phone up. I mean, we probably burned up $200 worth of friggin' minutes on a sat phone just to confirm where we're at. And then well, it had... took us two hours it, on, you know, just going back and forth, getting transferred, you know, from Dillingham to Kodiak to Anchorage, back and forth yeah. with different people, trying to figure out who we were going to get to come out, you know, with a plane or a helicopter or something to get this woman some medical assistance. Yeah. You know, it took hours just on the sat phone because sat phones aren't the most reliable things in the no, world no, it's tough tough communications it, it's tough out there so when when shit something bad happens you could be in a world of hurt well right? and as it was it took us almost what 18 hours before something. we finally got wow. yeah, it happened yeah. at got like nine o'clock the night you know that night and we didn't get her out of there until like i think it was two o'clock the next day Two, three o'clock so, the next afternoon. Before we could get a, a helicopter. Because of weather. So for, and other things. As know? guides, are you guys like certified with any sort of first aid or anything? You have to be certified yeah. first aid. And so that's that, like a requirement to be a guide. That's a requirement to, to have an assistant guide license or greater. You have to carry a first aid card. So you guys were able to, you know, like do as much as you could to but stabilize As them. much as you can. But that said, there's a limit to what you're going to do. In the field, the re- yeah. When someone's re- got re- that re- much of their body second degree yeah. burn, her, her lips are bleeding because you know the, that thin skin on her lips it blew it right off. You know, yeah. so her yeah. lips are bleeding. Her, her hair, she, she had hair that was down to her butt, and it was gone. She looked like yeah. the Dutch boy paint haircut because yeah. when it went off, it went off. Oh yeah, you know. So and not, yeah. it not had nothing to do with her injury. Our 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 first aid. Kits only have so much, so you much. know, and, and you know, yeah, we've got compared stuff. in the you field. See, yeah, you can't to, to expect treat for a trauma that to happen. patient. You're you're ready yeah. to. That's why there's helicopters, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know. But, but the, it, it's, I don't even know what to say. It's it's crazy. It blew up. Stuff happens, and it's not as easy to get help out yeah. there as, you as it is here. At home in the lower oh, forty-eight, dial nine one one, and they're there in fifteen minutes. There in fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah where we were at, you know, we're what two hundred miles from Anchorage. Three hundred from Anchorage. Three hundred from Anchorage. Is that and the closest like civilized city. area? Yeah, it, pretty much. I mean, there's villages all over. Yeah, the but place I mean, there's not a hospital or paramedics at Equal. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, so known. you're waiting on a plane or a helicopter to fly in from three hundred miles away. And they tried to send that helicopter. Three times, I believe. Three to three to four times they tried to make and, it, and they just couldn't the get through. The weather was too bad. The weather was too couldn't. bad between us. It wasn't like Brad said. It wasn't bad where we were, and it wasn't bad where they were. But, was, in, bet- but in between, three hundred miles, there's yeah, a lot that could happen. There's yeah. a lot exactly. They yeah. sent a C one thirty, 
and to they circle, circle us and verify us, our location. Verify it, and then they said they were going to send two paratroopers out because they could see our field, which was the the old outfitter was going to clear a runway, which had four foot punji sticks of trees. Yeah, what about all a bad the way idea. through it? We're like, please don't let them guys jump into that. It's not safe. Yeah, it, it, it and just made we a bad explained to them why, and they said, okay, we aren't going to do that. Is there anything we can can jump to? I mean, they they were doing everything in their powers to get to us. They wanted into our camp to yep. help this lady. Oh, yeah, I'm but sure you're just yeah. in such a remote place. There's yeah. only so much that can be done, you know. And, you know in in the dark, with variable yeah. weather, you know, it's just there's limits, and you've got to be ready to tough that kind of stuff out sometimes. No, that's I mean incredible that you guys are able to like you like you have first aid to keep her at a stabilized point because help isn't. 15 minutes out i mean you know and you know, sometimes the really, most you can do is just try to keep someone comfortable yeah keep yeah. them talking or something just keep their mind right. off of it sometimes that's the, all you can do yes mm-hmm. so. but we had but it was you know other than that it was a pretty good year up there we had a lot of good things happen we had a lot of fun yeah how i mean yes we didn't met a lot it. of really good people we did yeah we didn't even get into how you guys did it this is your first year with first alaska year elite with, outfitters. With alaska yeah. outfitters uh so what were all uh, were you looking, guys hunting? Fo- looking forward to going back what were you all hunting up there this year uh, with alaska elite outfitters in the fall it was mainly moose and brown bear moose and brown bear you know, uh, you're allowed to take an incidental wolf or i think then someone shot a wolverine didn't they? yeah one guy did get a wolverine yeah yeah i thought so you know so there's there's other incidental animals that are available but it was mainly a moose and brown bear so if you were to you know book a hunt with alaska lead outfitters moose brown bear what exactly can you expect once you get there like how long is the hunt and most most of the hunts are uh like the brown bear hunts are a 10-day hunt the moose hunt is an 11-day hunt it runs the 5th through the 15th unless you do a combo then you start early you start i think on the first or second Something like that, yeah. And then you go, on... you go to the seventeenth. Yeah. So. so you pick up some extra bear hunting days. Bear hunting on days. either end of the. You're moose primarily season. hunting moose on a combo hunt, and then what you're hoping for is you put a moose on the ground, you hunt that gut pile, which would be your ultimate. Which increases your odds of finding a bear. You know, it's just like we were talking earlier. It's it's thick country. You're not just going to go walk around in it and think you're going to put a stock on a brown bear. Yeah. So, how you guys, like you said, it was your first year. How did this season go with your clients? Oh, I, I thought it went pretty good. I was really happy with the clients we had in camp. I thought they were really easy to get along with. What clients size were moose? Fantastic. I guess, like, what size moose are you guys uh, getting when you're up there? I mean, obviously, it's not, it's well, free we, range, we, so it's we, not. Right. We have a, it's a, in Alaska where we're at, we have a 50 inch or four brow tie minimum. So you're you're not going to shoot a moose that doesn't look like a moose. Yeah, there. I know? mean, that's that's a fifty inches and, wide. That's a big yeah, moose. And we had eight hunters in all of our camps chasing moose this year, and five of them took home moose, and only one of them was under that sixty inch range. Wow. Most of them were sixty two to sixty seven inches, and uh, I take that back. We had two. Two. Yeah, yeah. but two, the but one two. that was. You know, the, actually, it was the narrowest one that was 53, was one of the more impressive moose. It just wasn't shaped quite right to get that spread. Correct. You know, it was a, an incredible scoring moose. You know, if you would have measured the paddles and everything, 
it was very, very impressive. So it still would have scored high, like it on was, a Boone and Crockett. Oh yeah, score. It was just the spread wasn't there. It didn't generate spread. Just so I, don't, I, don't, I know nothing about scoring moose. I know that mm-hmm. they have a Boone and Crockett system, but it's not. Yeah. It's not like whitetail. But, but it was. It was. It was an impressive looking moose. Really so I've was. seen pictures, yeah. and I, 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 I need to get up there, but. Seeing the pictures of the, all the moose you guys got this yeah, year. Yeah, a lot of our, a lot of the moose. I think we've posted on our Instagram for at different points since yeah, I've been back. A couple from moose the last Mondays year. we've had. Yeah, Moose Monday. <laughs> check it out. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean we the overall evaluation of the hunt. I was really happy with you know with Alaska Elite Outfitters, Mike Vanstrom, good guy. Uh, he put up with Brad Knight through all of our little. We might be a little antics. rough on Mike. I was yeah, going to say but, putting up with Brad's quite a task. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but he's he's a good guy. Really is. Looking forward to going back and and working with him again. And he put you guys up in a nice Airbnb this year, or this for uh, oh yeah, yeah, as yeah. Well. We're doing the Harrisburg show for him. He set us up in this marvelous yeah, little B and B. Uh, Gold star, like yeah. Seven, I mean, I mean, Brad, and seven I, out of four stars. Brad, Brad had, and Whitey I and I, we all got down here to to spend our first night, and we were we were going to get closer than we've ever been before in our entire lives. <laughs> I think Frank said it was like a children's bed with a cage around it. It did, yeah. And an was, industrial can yeah, of yeah. bed bug spray. Yeah. <laughs> so instead, we ended up here at the fifty dollar cash hotel, yeah, ca- cash yeah. only hotel. Hey, this is this is five stars compared to where we started. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but no, like all, all joking aside, uh, Mike's a good guy. Looking forward to working with him again. Uh, no, I, yeah, I got to meet him last know. year at Harrisburg. And, and he didn't has any time we asked for something, felt we needed no. something. He did everything he could to make sure it was there and available for oh, us. Oh, he no, it I seems know. like he runs a very yeah he yeah, definitely he, takes he, care he, of program. He's he tries. About he it does and, everything he can. He I mean. Obviously, not just taking care of us. Incredible with those yeah, he's guys. not just taking care of us. You know, he's that way with all the clients too. You know, if yeah. we say, you know, this is something we need in camp to make the clients hunt or you know stay in camp more comfortable. Yeah, any way he can do it, he yeah. Does it. Well, and he's he's kind of putting you guys in the location where you're guiding. Correct. So I mean, he he knows his shit. He's putting you guys in areas where you're killing several moose over sixty inches. So I mean, like yes. the guys. No, sounds he's like been, pretty, he's been there and done it. So he he sees. He's, it. Yeah, he's been in this you area. Know. Like. Brad and I were talking. We cut our teeth up there, not far from him, but we were more up the Nushagak drainage. Mike cut his teeth on the Mulchatna, right where you River, guys are right at. where we were at. So that's I mean that's his backyard. And yes, he's so, he's, and he's been around. Yeah, he's got a pretty good feel for it, and and uh, he's been pretty darn successful. And as close as it is to each other, there's such World a difference as what the style of hunting you do is it. it it blew our minds this year a little bit. I mean, we did okay, but it, it's a there was a difference that uh, we had to overcome. And where where we were at, we felt more pinned to the river, so to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I was never over where you guys were at before yeah. moose hunting, but I definitely felt that way. You know, even though not knowing where you guys were at before, it was very confined to that river corridor you know you were in the river bottom for the most part i mean you and i and your client went up into the hills and into the mountains a couple of times yeah looking for bears and stuff but when you were a small window where you could do that or yeah exactly there it it wasn't really accessible to it wasn't like a 20 minute walk and you were out of all the you know the willows and the shit that you could actually hunt there was only a few little access points to get to those mountains and those, you know, the open places to bear hunt where they're browsing for berries and stuff. But other than that, you were 
you know, especially for moose, you were in the river bottom, which, you know, made it real easy for me packing like we were talking about earlier. You know, you could make that hunt as simple as possible. Just, you know, you pull up on the riverbank and hop up on a little bluff. You know, you walk a couple hundred yards from the boat and you're in a prime spot, you know, as good a spot as any in Alaska to find a 60 inch yeah, moose. Yeah, that, that timber line was really squeezed in by the tundra and that's where the moose are hunting or hiding and you find you know you had them bottlenecks like that and they they're less than a mile wide you know yeah there's and only so, so many places they one, could be you know, off the off the river you're calling the whole length of that the width of it i should say absolutely and it's like hell you know what we don't gotta walk out there if he's there he's gonna talk to you it's like that you know that hot turkey if you're gonna chase him He's going to see you before you see him. Where's <laughs> yeah, he going to be? Sure. He's going to be on the next ridge, you know? Mm-hmm. So everyone wants to dive in there. It's a tough thing. What but, kind of, you know? What kind of, what's like the terrain like where you guys are like moose hunting? Like, I know it's, I mean, it's, you're not, it's right on the river, but I mean, is it like real bushy or like woodland or? Real thick. Really thick. Alders, like, willows. Uh, we get some birch trees. Spruce well, if you trees. get the birch, you got a little drier ground, but mm-hmm. um, but, it's, but like in the river bottom on the gravel bars, it's pretty much just willows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's thick. It's it's not something you're gonna walk. You're not. Yeah, you're not gonna walk into and set up park. shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Set up yeah, a yeah. little ground blind and wait it out. <laughs> the archery hunter generally says, "I wish I would have brought my rifle." Really. Yeah, hmm. even, I mean, it just... It's tough. It's a it's, tough... It's thick and it's tough. It's not. I'm not saying you There's can't no gimmies. <laughs> do it. it, it's... Don't go out there on your first hunt and do an archery hunt. It, it just... It, we've had some of the best guys out there. I know they're good. You just know they're good. And they, they, they're bewildered by what they're faced with. They're like, this is nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you get that animal into the hole where they can use their equipment, their bow? I don't care yeah. if they're shooting a long bow or a compound or a crossbow. It's like, you got to have some open ground. Yeah. Whether it be 10 feet or 20 yards. And sometimes that's just not presentable where you're at. Mm-hmm. That bull's there. You can see it. But it's like, there's dog hair all around it and everywhere yeah nothing but willows hanging right in front of them you can't get an arrow through all them willows you can try it's probably probably not gonna 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 go it it, it's always amazed me how many times we've had moose that were 30 yards from us in those thickets and you couldn't judge them yet this is a 1500 pound animal with 60 inches antler on his head 30 yards away and i can't tell you if he's legal to shoot. If or he's not. got sixty inches antler or not, wow. I can't tell you if he's legal. And it's you know, you know he has two antlers. Yeah, uh, honest to God, it, 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 I've had that. You couldn't tell. Then uh, I think this is my point where I can tell Brad to get closer to the mic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think yeah. it applies yeah. here. Well, I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute, I can still do that. <laughs> but, I guess we're, uh, we're even. But now. yeah, it, it's it's. It's that thick and nasty in there that you, you can have a 1,500-pound animal 30 yards from you and not have a clear view of them. 
you know, you, you find it hard to believe, but it, it's it's the truth. You know, so many guys, I think, they come up here. You know, I don't care where you go in the United States, you've got whitetail hunters. Oh, everybody, yeah, definitely. Everybody across the I mean, the they're country. in, you know, the lower 48, they're in every state. Correct. You know, and so many guys come up there with that concept of, of whitetail hunting in their head. And, you know, they go and they hunt their 50, 60, 100, 200 acre farm or whatever down here in the lower 48 where you know every single twig stick bush yeah you've tree. been in this if area a tree before. falls over you recognize it on your on your own piece of ground we're up there you just don't you don't get that same perspective for your hunting ground you you, you learn you it feel pretty small well like yes. even like you know people have trail cams out you know you see you know a buck frequenting an area here in pa you know you know you know, there's these five bucks that are always in this part of the square, you know, a mile by a mile square. Yeah. But even just this year when we were up in Moose Camp, or the one guy, Tommy, he saw a half-rack bull that would have been a beautiful bull. You know, he was said it probably would have been close plus, to a 70-inch bull. Um, but it was a half-rack, so, you know, it wasn't legal. And he saw it one day and then a couple miles down the river was it two days later brad saw it you know that moose covered miles of that river i think it was about six miles i'd like to see the size of the moose that busted that off yeah that's what we were saying (laughs) yeah that's that's exactly what we said where's the other guy where's the one that did that (laughs) i think this is bad you should see the other guy (laughs) man but I, i i honestly felt like the moose that we were seeing and and that we successfully harvested or killed were travelers. They weren't like that. So you're resident, almost in like a, a wasn't that area. resident moose that was just sitting right there. You know, I, they were I working that, on that. that river well, we had that conversation. Traveling yeah, through, so you you had that window of tonight or tomorrow morning, you know, or something, you know. It was a narrow window to catch that animal at any given point in the river as he came through. And that goes back to you could stand in our tent and step down to the river's edge. And if he's coming through. And shoot a trophy bull while you're taking a leak. Yeah, you never know when he's going to come walking by. Yep. Yep. Because, again, it's that pre-rut. They're moving to where they're going to do their main rutting and breeding. Don't think for one minute because you're not standing out. 20 oh, miles. Well, we camp. didn't leave camp yet. When are we going hunting? <laughs> Why is your gun when in you, your hand? When you opened <laughs> your eyes this morning and it was dark, you were hunting. So, yes. Yeah, when you're part yeah. of the food chain, you're hunting as soon as you yeah. get in there. Yes. And it doesn't stop till you get out. Well, you got to listen. I mean, how many times have we laid in camp? You hear that bull grunting two o'clock in the morning, he's, you know, Four or five hundred yards behind the tent, you're yeah. going. Well, you can he's hear right here. We, Why would we leave camp? Oh yeah, you'll hear them when them moose. About fire how far? Up. Like yeah. if you, so, if you can hear a moose, I guess how far could he potentially be? Oh, six, seven hundred yards. Wow. I mean, it all depends on how hard he fires up. You know? I, I guess I didn't realize they were that loud. I mean, I've well, they can listen. be. I've heard like the no. the calls. You know, like the old coffee can with the string. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't. Yeah. I just, I, just, I didn't realize how loud. So a good call. Well, actually. you don't understand how quiet it is. Out there, you got to understand that. That sound yeah, that probably makes a big factor too. That's a huge factor. That sound when when we sit here and say we're trying to hear a, well, 
a mile away, and that's what you hear, and it's a mile away. It's not unworkable. That's what we're trying to hear, and we can't hear. We, we're old and... You know, Definitely I got a lot of very old. Yeah, very old. <laughs> what, what'd you say? <laughs> I'm not old what? yet. I'm just fat and bald. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's a it's a real soft... Well, you hear that. It's a mile away. But in the middle of the night, it's so quiet up there. It carries. It just carries. And it's like... And you know it's a mile away. You're just going like, that sucker's out there. That's He's incredible. I, I had no idea that you could hear him that far out. I mean, like he said, you know, you, it's that quiet. When you think about it, you know, no matter where you're at in Pennsylvania, you can hear, you a, can car. hear a car. There's road noise. Yeah, you something. can always hear something that's interfering with your sound. But yeah. in the middle of the night when you're Neighbor's 300 miles. At his it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, in the middle of the night up in Alaska when you're 300 miles from anything, any little sound, you're going to hear it for quite a ways. Especially yeah. if it's a sound you're listening for, yeah. And, and you got it. It, you know, it takes me a few days for my head to settle down and get rid of all that noise. And then I'll be laying there in bed at night, and it, man, it's like I just heard something. It's out there, ways or no? That's really close. You know, it's a, and you can hear a bear. You hear the claws, and they're 150 yards away from you. They're down by the boats. You can hear them on the ground. You That's can a, hear you can see, hear I, their toenails I, I clicking on the rocks. <laughs> you hear this click, 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 and it's like that's <laughs> bear walking yep. down at the boat. Yep, guaranteed. Did I just say effing bear? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> That's all right. They won't even know about it. All right, <laughs> but. It's going to get a big beat. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you hear them claws clicking on the rocks and it's and they're it's 150 yards away and it's like, what's that? And, and eventually you get in tune to it. As soon as you hear it, it's like, ah, damn, he's in he's in camp. Yeah. You know. But <laughs> it's like the wow, that's really cool to oh shit. <laughs> you know, we might want to think about this. Yeah. No, but it, it's cool when you're laying there in bed at night and, and you're always when you're falling asleep, your ears are tuned to just everything out there. You just can't wait. And you know, one night it might be a moose grunt, another night it might be that bear walking. You know, one yeah. of the coolest things you to hear is when the wolves light up. Yeah, when they just, light up. I man. love when when them wolves light up and you start hearing them things howling for yeah, I mean, they're yeah, they're, they're actually loud. You can really oh, yeah, hear they them start for miles. And they, they might be 50 miles away, and it sounds like <laughs> they're right in your friggin' tent with you, and you're going, what the but heck? It, it's, I, I don't think there's a cooler sound to listen to at night up there than when you start hearing a couple of wolves from a pack talking back and forth from yeah, miles two different and miles packs, apart. Yeah. It's just, it, it, in a way, it makes the hair in the back of your neck stand up, and in another yeah. way, you're just sitting there going, that has got to be one of the coolest sounds to ever listen to mm-hmm. yeah you know, yeah that's awesome crisp when... clear cold and and then wolves start firing up yeah that's when you really feel like you're out there you know you're yes. out there with them you know hey, i'm in the food chain boys <laughs> yeah <laughs> you gotta try this sometime <laughs> yeah. but that's that's kind of the thing that that i've grown to really enjoy more than anything is just being out there yeah more than and, the hunting aspect oh you know, yeah it, i mean so that that's what keeps drawing you back to alaskas it, it's everything that happens that doesn't involve killing something is what keeps me going back 
you know, we've, we've met a lot of really good people. We've had a lot of crazy experiences, good, bad, and indifferent. And Nine times out of 10, they're all good people. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, you get along with them or you don't. And even but, when but you don't in the end, it's like, they're still good. You yeah. have to understand they, yeah. they came out there to do it and they did it. Well, they're yeah. like-minded people. I mean, yeah. they're, they're out there for the same reason you're out there. So, I mean, even right. if you don't agree I mean, with everything. You go meet 30 people, you're not going to like strike fall up. in love with You're all not going to be yeah. best friends with every one of them. But you learn to appreciate and respect yep. their and respect every one of them and stuff. Yep. And uh, like I said, they're yep. all good people. Just because one guy is maybe doesn't march to the exact same beat that you do. And especially like with hunting styles, because like even with whitetails, there's so many different hunting styles that people have to do a certain thing. You know, like we were saying earlier, for you to say, you know, this is the way you do something. And, like, you get hunters, like, elk hunters, I've heard you guys talk about, you know, they're like, you know, we got to go, 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 go. And it doesn't mesh with Alaska. So you get so many different walks of life just in the hunting industry, you know, different things people do that you have to kind of work with. And, you know, you don't, the hunting style doesn't match up, but you still got to work with those people and try to teach them and explain to them, you know, this is how you have to do this style of hunting. You know, it's just that much different. And people, you just got to bring them up to speed with that. No, and sometimes you just got to go, go take a day and do what they want to do just to help get it out of their system and accept, okay. We did it your way. We're going to spend a day that isn't going to be very beneficial. You know, you know this in the back of your mind being up yeah. here doing it. But it, like you said earlier, if it makes you feel like you're, more comfortable with the hunt your success yes. is going to be better because you feel this way if you make the client feel that way then they're going to be more on board with what you want to Correct. say yes so sometimes you kind of you give in a little bit do what they want to do and eh, maybe we know it's not going to be the most productive day but it makes them feel like it's a learning experience Correct. for everybody yes and most of them realize by the end of the day that yeah, this wasn't such a good idea. This These didn't... guys know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why I'm paying them all this money. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, like Brad was saying, in the end, most of them you just you you meet a lot of really good people, make good friendships, good acquaintances, and uh, you look forward to to seeing them again at some point in time. Whether it's up there in Alaska again, or maybe you bump into them down here in the Lower Forty Eight for some reason. Yeah, I'm sure you run into past clients at Harris, you know, like here at Harrisburg or at other shows you go to. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So we've actually we've been kind of went off on a little while. We've been over like almost an hour and a half now, Um, and I didn't know I could talk that long. I know. Yeah, I'm sure you guys could talk for another two days yeah. about all the different that's, stories that's what up there. That's part two's for. It, it's but, funny. Uh, a lot of the stories, you sit here talking like this, and you try to remember stories. Oh, we, we got it off And you the can't tangent. even think of most From of the them. original yeah. damn question, I think, we're so far out of the freaking <laughs> works. I don't even remember don't the first even question. Yeah, what the answered. hell was the first question? <laughs> but, uh, but, but a lot of times, how you, did you, you get try there? to think of stories, and you don't remember them. But yeah. when you get talking... And then all of a sudden, someone will say something, and, and it'll just yeah. spark another old story, you know, about a boat sinking, or you know, yeah. something that went right or wrong or indifferent or whatever. And, and, and it, boat it sinking will be in episode seven uh, someday. Yeah, I'm maybe. sure you yeah. could have a full two-hour episode on boat sinking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I threw Brad's wife right out of the boat yeah. in the river. <laughs> <laughs> 
we uh yeah as me and frank like to um, she liked it though yeah <laughs> she's like this uh, is yeah. too exciting yeah. Yeah. Like, this is nine so miles fun. from camp with a boat at the bottom of the river and you're yeah. thinking this is exciting yeah i want to marry this one frank <laughs> That's the truth. That was her first words. This boat went down to the bottom of the river. It's up like this. And shit went everywhere. And she's, Brad throws her up on the bank. And I'm going in the water after the boat. And, and I watch the toolbox sink. And the right underneath the river, river I'm going on. Oh, and her first response was, this is so exciting. <laughs> Brad yeah. and I are like, ah! You two are like, shut the hell up. We got to get that boat out of the water. We got to find this. We were literally nine miles from camp. We had to float it. Once we got the boat off the bottom of the river and bailed out, the motor swamped. We had to float all the way back down to camp. Our tools no, were all the bottom fired, of the river. No, we got it fired, Frank. Remember? We did. Yeah, with two Gerbers. We had a Gerber <laughs> multipliers. Thank God for them. For the Gerber multiplier. Yeah, I said Gerber. I want a little kickback. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a Leathermans back then. You we get had them on podcast. <laughs> they're, they're, they're tuned in. <laughs> anyway... No, yeah, we... Uh, I used my Gerber multiplier, <laughs> and it saved our life. <laughs> three of us. And I got married and had three kids. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> I'll stop at the divorce. <laughs> I was just going to bring that part up. That's, we won't get too much into that. That's for another episode. I think. That's good, though. <laughs> other than that, it's all good. Uh, right. so Gerber knives creates love. <laughs> that was only one of two boats I ever sank. One of two. The other one I threw John Henderson out of the boat. <laughs> that boat me. I didn't sink completely. That was more of a partial sinking. The motor never really shut you off. You planted him on the beach. <laughs> no, I threw him right over my head. The boat went up the bank and he went completely over my head and landed face first in the river. <laughs> He wasn't oh, impressed man. with me at that point. <laughs> he got over it. He did. He still likes me. <laughs> we might see him at the show this week. I'm surprised we didn't see him today. Smokey said he always comes he, up on a week. He actually had an accident here not too long ago. He fell and broke his neck. Yes, he's got pins in his neck. But he, yeah. Smokey thought he and Bruce Trapp were going to make it. These are a couple guys that yeah. used to come up and hunt with us all the time and guided with us at Early years. John actually became a guide pretty much the same way we did through, came through up a buddy hunting. that went on a hunt. And, well, John yeah. actually came up hunting. He came up on a hunt and, and ended up uh, guiding. Ended up sticking around and helping out and getting a guide license. And there's actually quite a bit of that takes place. Guys I was come say, up I'm big. sure there's a lot of people that you know are from the lower 48 because pretty much everybody that I've met up there is from the lower 48. Yeah, and they go up there on a hunt and they just love it and. Just uh, keep on going uh, back Don, and end Donnie up working. Young. Yeah, Donnie, Donnie Young. Donnie Young was one of the those three people yeah. Yeah. that I uh, initially sent to Smokey. There was Donnie Hell, Young, VJ, yeah. and Rick yeah. Moran. You know. Donnie Young, hell of a guy. And he's coming. I think we might have him coming back. He just got his knee replaced here. So he's. Yeah. The knee or a hip? Oh, hip. Yes. Hip. Yeah. I know his knee's messed up too, but he, he, they went after the hip. So he's doing that. Yeah, maybe we'll see him this. But that's how that whole friendship thing yeah. just kind of, you, you go from not knowing somebody 
all the, you know, they, he didn't live that far from us. You're out there hunting in the world and you see some stranger. And, uh, don't be a one dickhead. One leads to another and now you got to say hi to back him home. and maybe he'll be something to you someday. No, for sure. Uh, before we cut the podcast out, me and Frank like to do a write it in pen, uh, which is basically, you know, our guests give some sort of tip or information uh, to our listeners uh, that they're going to want to write in pen so they don't lose it. Um, so we'll start here with my Uncle Frank. If you had, you know, one thing, it, whether it's related to life or guiding in Alaska, to leave everybody with something that, that you'd want them to write in pen, what would it be? I guess I, I'm going to tell you, and it's something we mentioned earlier today, that if it works for you and keeps you in the outdoors, keep doing it. You know, I don't care if your buddy says that's a bad idea or that's stupid or that doesn't work or, you know, you don't have the right piece of gear on. If it works for you and keeps you in the outdoors, keep doing it. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, definitely. From You know, like you said, no matter what it is, you know, if it's Alaska, whitetails, with calls or gear that you wear, if that's what you are comfortable in, that's what you think is the most successful thing for you. If it builds your confidence. Keep Yeah, doing that's it. the most important thing is just to keep your confidence up and yeah. you feel like that's the way you should be doing it. Yes, keep it up. Brad, if you had to leave our listeners with one thing to write in pen so they don't forget, whether it be life or hunting related, what would you leave them with? I, um, I agree totally with... Frank and Whitey just said, and kind of spinning off our whole our whole conversation. I think a lot of what we said tonight was all, you know, if you kind of listen to the backside of our stories and everything, it's like we're saying it. But um, the other part of that is is friggin' have fun. Just have fun. Don't worry about what that friggin' TV's saying or what those guys out there are doing. If you go out and have fun and enjoy, enjoy it. Yeah, you enjoy you it. Don't worry about See, why are you doing killing. Killing is yeah. not the important thing. Don't worry about what somebody else thinks or what. What are they gonna think if I don't come back with something? No, they didn't go because they couldn't afford it. Or they just don't. They were afraid that they wouldn't get something. Go out and enjoy it. Relax and have. fun fun absolutely and enjoy your friends make new friends enjoy the moment absolutely for what it is those are some two very good writing pens for sure yeah i'm definitely i got my pen out my quill is wet i'm writing them down quill's wet (laughs) uh whitey why don't you run everybody through where you can find alaska lead outfitters this week while they're in harrisburg one more time yeah like we said Walk around. If you're in Harrisburg, if you're not, come down just for the fun of it. It's a great place. You know, there's thousands of outfitters and different things in, you know, the the farm show complex. We, Alaska Lead Outfitters, you'll find me, Dad, and Brad in the booth. At, it's booth number 6022, I believe. Is yes, right? it is. 6022. Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, so that's where you can find us. Come hang out, talk, maybe buy a hunt if you feel like it. I'm, Definitely buy a hunt. Yeah, I'm leaning more towards the buy a hunt part. But yeah, that's where you can find. <laughs> yeah. That's where you yeah. can find us. You can also Just bring find cash. A, yeah, life al- short. Write the check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can also find Alaska Lead Outfitters on Facebook. Just look up Alaska Lead Outfitters, 
And, you know, you can find Mike Vanstrom, the owner of the outfits, uh, all his information on there. So if you if you want to book a hunt just off of this podcast, hit him up on Facebook. And you can also find White Cat Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram. And make sure you follow our YouTube channel, which you can listen to the podcast on there. We got, we're got we on pretty much all the major podcast platforms now. Uh, our website as well has all of our podcasts. Yeah, that's You can nice. do a little reading on who the guests are and learn mm-hmm. a little bit about us. Yeah, definitely. So that's where you can find Alaska Lead Outfitters and White Cat Outdoors. And Nick, I'll let you take us away. Oh, man. So uh, as everybody knows that listens to the podcast, we're all about getting outside, whether it's for hunting or fishing or hiking or whatever. Um, But I want to make sure that, you know, if you're coming down to Harrisburg, make sure you're stopping by Alaska Lead Outfitters. Say hello. Um, Make sure that uh, it's the the Alaska Lead Outfitters with Frank, Brad, and uh, other Frank, Uncle Frank that's getting you guys outside this year. 